leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Fun Never Ends Podcast with Metalhead Nelson. Brutal Brick. Hey, welcome to the Fun Never Ends Podcast. I am Metalhead Nelson, and with me is my co-host, Brutal Brett. Brutal Brett, how you doing? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing uh, all right, man. Hanging in there. It's been quite warm this week. I'm not used to it anymore. Hey, SoCal summer now. I know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Uh, I'm someone who likes to just wear jackets and pants year-round, so when it gets to be 90 out, I'm like, what do I do? Dude, I'm the other way around. I've got cut off sleeves and shorts and the whole nine yards man i think you pulled off better though just because you have more of the uh thrash metal aesthetic to you where you know it's just the long hair the cut off everything oh yeah all that or, you know it, it worked well or as james headfield would say oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. so before give me five you give me five give me a thousand times yeah, that was Metallica featuring us. We were talking about little Metallica before we started this. We were actually talking about, okay, Metallica fans might hate it. I grew up listening to it because it was one of those that was released. St. Anger. Okay, for me, I listened to that album beginning to end. I bought that album with my hard-earned money. I actually enjoyed the fuck out of it. I remember watching the video on, excuse me, on VH1 and remember seeing them, oh, they're in a prison. They had to sign their life away to play in that prison. And I remember in that it's in that contract is stated, oh, if you were to get attacked, killed, or whatever, they're not liable. I remember seeing that video and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I bought the CD. I enjoyed the hell out of it. What about you, Brett? Uh, for me, I grew up with it as well, but it was one of those things where I listened to it, but it didn't hit until years after when it became more of a joke. And I think, what, like 2012 onward, it's become an album that I keep going back to and realizing that it has more replayability than I thought. Um, I'm even, I took the time while you we were doing that monologue to uh, just look up the track listing and try to think of what songs I actually will keep playing over and over again and what songs have harder riff than we even thought like opening with frantic into saint anger some kind of monster some kind of monster tick 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 tick. the unnamed feeling my world great and i think what really people don't understand is that it's a 75 minute album within that there has to be something for everyone it's not all terrible garbage can drums there's heavy riffs there's lyrics that even if they are pretty gimmicky are still pretty decent 
Yeah, I have to agree on that because I remember listening to this album thinking this is heavy. I mean, not that all the other stuff wasn't heavy. This is a little bit different from all that. But still, when you're what in high school and you get your hands on a new Metallica record that is saying anger, you're enjoy the fuck out of it. It came out in 03. I was just in my freshman year of high school. So I enjoyed the fuck out of that album. I had my CD player and the CD right at the pool, blasting sane anger, blasting frantic, some kind of monster, and just letting the album play. Honestly, I don't think I really got past some kind of monster because those are the only three tracks that I really enjoyed. (laughs) My world is pretty good, too. I'm trying to, because I'm trying to think, like, what song actually has, like, the good lyrics. And uh, you're right. The first three actually have lyrics that matter because uh, my world has terrible lyrics. Like, it's my world. You can't have it. It's my world. You can't have it, sucker. And And St. Anger was the, um, what the hell do they call it? The single off of this record. Well, it is a title track of this album. Well, you know what? Fuck it all and no regrets. I hit the lights on these dark streets. St. Anger around my neck. Medally noose to him. Hang myself, sitting around my neck. Yeah, my lifestyle. I think, I think the the reason why it's so contentious is because people, you can't. Okay, can you take this album seriously, or is it more of a like performance art piece now, if you will? I feel, because we have the documentary to accompany it, which is the documentary "Some Kind of Monster," which was more in depth about James Hetfield's rehab. That's true, too. With him now being straight edge, which is a as someone who's been straight edge since I found out about it at 14 uh, Mm. and just grew up in the straight edge punk and hardcore scene. James Hetfield, from the band that used to be called Alcoholica to uh, straight edge, that's I don't know (laughs) my. I would much rather I have the same opinion with Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails where I believe that these people work best when they're incredibly fucked up there are people that work better fucked up so if um, from what I recall when Ronnie James Dio died and they had the Sonosphere kind of tribute to Ronnie James Dio um, I remember Scott Ian was saying the time that he, he met Ronnie James Dio and he was asking him if he had some like pre-show rituals to get ready for a show and he said um oh, i'd smoke a joint and drink half a beer <laughs> That sounds about right. And then I think Dave Mustaine, Megadeth, was talking to him about something. And and Ronnie goes, are we going to just jerk each other off or you want to go smoke a joint? <laughs> you know, well, that that's another question. Do you think that as Dave Mustaine got more tame as well, do you think that Megadeth has gone more not as wild as well? I think, honestly, I feel like the band's gotten, well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say better. They are one of my favorite thrash bands out of the big four oh yeah they are megadeth is my favorite i love the lineups that they've had um just the personnel alone i mean come on marty friedman and um chris poland and then you got chris prod 
Rick. Now you've got um also, shit. I'm drawing blanks here. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to help you anymore. Oh. They revolving bases now is what I say. Al Petrelli. <laughs> Al Petrelli was also a guitar player for King Diamond, and he is the uh, guitar player and musical director of the West Coast version of Trans Siberian Orchestra. Shit. I will say though, m- musically, Megadeth has incredibly gone tighter. Lyrically, is it is it still as edgy as their early stuff? Is I guess what I'm getting at. Uh, I would say yes because I've listened to their like albums, like uh, when United Abominations came out. That was a good album. Um, um, Endgame was also a good album as well. Comparing to like the older albums, yeah, you're gonna have a bit of different differentiality with it, but. Come on, you listen to the riffs, the solos, the lyrics. They kick ass. And uh, going back to the current uh, guitar player is Kiko LaRue. Oh. I will say, as I said, it's gone. I would say it's gone heavier in regards to tone and in regards to the sense of song structure as well. I mean, they now are touring, with, or they recently did a tour with what Hatebreed and Lamb of God not too long ago. That tour oh. is actually coming back. Ooh. Um, let me see. While I'm here, while I load, <laughs> because uh, that that's what I'm talking about. The fact that you know, from thrash to touring with what I, would would you can I would consider Haybreed kind of thrashy, but I mean, they grew out of the hardcore roots. Same with Lamb of God. But you think about it, the hardcore roots. it would be a way for them to take them out on tour. So, true. I think it. I think a Haybreed mesh as well. That's a, oh, 100%. That's a good now. lineup for sure. And uh, let's see, but this tour doesn't have Haybreed. It's Megadeth and Lamb of God with Trivia Men in Flames. And the first show back is actually April 9th at the Michelob Wolfsburg Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, tickets are on sale and VIP, and then they're off to Tucson, Arizona, which is funny. Uh, Tucson, Arizona, if I'm... No, that's Scottsdale. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, isn't uh, former bassist, Megadeth bassist David Elveson from Tucson? Nope, he's from Scottsdale. Oh, that whole situation was pretty funny as well. Or not funny, but like just off the cuff. Yeah, I've met David Ellison numerous times. Nice guy. Same with Dave Mustaine, Marty Friedman as well, and Chris Broderick. I'm interested to actually hear what your ranking of the big four is now. My, Since you already said you're, you're first. Yeah. Number one has to be Megadeth for me. I will throw Anthrax at the bottom of the big four. And I'll tell you so, why. I seen them the first time I saw them was when Iron Maiden had their Somewhere Back in Time tour. I want to say... 2011 i could be wrong and don't bitch at me about the year because i'm trying to remember when they had the somewhere back in time tour and they had anthrax and joey belladonna wasn't in the band at that time and it was dan nelson i goes great show um and then i go experience uh the show with joey belladonna they played at um what the fuck now i'm drawing blanks <laughs> it was uh, also opening for iron maiden um it was the uh seventh sun tour that they did over at uh, San Bernardino Glen Helen Pavilion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Megadeth was on the show as well. I don't know why, but... (sighs) Anthrax kind of bored the shit out of me at that point. I'm like, at halfway through the set, I'm fine. I mean, they did a tribute to Ronnie doing Heaven and Hell and doing their stuff. I could only listen to Megadeth. I mean, not Megadeth. Anthrax for so long, and then I get bored. Slayer is, I'll put them number three. And Interesting. Metallica would be second. 
I want to hear about say, your your placement of the your uh, big four. Slayer, just because growing up, you know, I grew up in the God Hates Us Saul era. Uh, the fact that they were very prominent sound-wise in, you know, the metalcore bands that I grew up with at the time, where many would take Slayer riffs and just add more chugging parts to it, especially, you know, they would steal the opening to Mandatory Suicide, and mm. uh, that's most metalcore songs. So Slayer, uh, just because South of Heaven, God Hates Us All, everything backwards. Um, South then of it Heaven would... was my first Slayer record. What was it? South of Heaven. South of Heaven. Yeah. I, I think that and seasons in the abyss yep flawless albums like I can listen to it there's never a time in which those are there's not an appropriate time to listen to those no, pissed not. off listen to it depressed listen to it want to chill listen to it stuck in traffic listen to it <laughs> uh, working listen to it when so you're stuck slip. in traffic you're listening to disciple and you're like god hates us all god hates us all I remember watching uh, what was it uh, Metal Headbanger's Journey and, and uh, I remember the guy was asking Tom it's like just about that and he's like, God really, God doesn't hate us, but it's a great fucking title. Yeah, as I tell people, you, Tom Araya is a Christian. Oh, he's, I thought he was raised Catholic or something. Something. Yeah, of he the was sort raised Catholic, he, Catholic. Yeah, he's religious. They just did that because they thought it was cool. Oh yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, come on, no, it sells. Hundred percent, and it's fucking cool. It is fucking cool. So Slayer, then Metallica, because Creeping Death. Then you get Kill 'Em All. Creeping Death. Then you get. Name. Then you get a uh, Master of Puppets. And then you get a shit one. Yeah. Shit like that. Blackened. So I have a huge collection of both Slayer and Metallica cassettes, uh, including singles, because I'm a nerd like that. Uh, then I would say cool. Megadeth and then Anthrax, just because I don't think Anthrax has enough rap. I feel like Cotton Amash. I like SOD and MOD more than anything Anthrax has done. Mm-hmm. Like, give me S- SOD, I can listen to all the time. It's just cheesy, it's funny, it's goofy. Anthrax, Cotton Amash, and I'm good. I like uh, I Am The Law and stuff like uh, yeah. AIR. You can only listen to, what was it, Got The Time so many times, to be honest, <laughs> before you're sick of it. Got time you, for tick, tick, tick uh, it in my head, tick it in my head. This spawned or another question now. SOD or Anthrax? Uh, I can't really say because I never really listened. Well, SOD is... Okay, you're pre- Okay, I haven't listened to them, so I can't really do a comparison. But I will for the next episode. And I'll they're, give you a com- they're incredibly up your alley. Very, and I'll give you a, uh, my point of view on Anthrax and uh, or SOD. They have a song called "Anti Procrastination Song," which is just literally "Anti Procrastination Song," <laughs> and that, that's it. That's it. I will say, if uh, they were around in this era, they would be canceled easily because their album is called "Speak." English or die. Oh wow! Yeah, I wouldn't fly in this generation. No, but it—they it, were being tongue in cheek. Where uh, I feel like nowadays there aren't many bands that are able to do a uh, tongue in cheek, somewhat like conservative take like that. You can't do it at this day and age. You get trampled. 
And that's another topic for another day, which is the fact that uh, people say that because we've been so focused on cancel culture lately, they think that there's going to be a shift where we just don't care anymore. Yeah, people think that, but, you know. It, it's, it's not going to happen. People are just always going to want to attack others. Oh, yeah. Anything they can find. The littlest thing people can find to attack you or, or something or someone or anything, they'll do it. Why? Yeah. Because they get a kick out of it and then... They like to stir the pot. People love to stir the pot. That's really all it is. Now that there's a public platform in which people can just do this and, you know, get gratification for it, it's not going to just stop because it's uh, out of vogue. It's still going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, people love stirring the pot. I love to stir the pot when it's full of something like noodles and soup (laughs) and all that fun stuff. Exactly. I think I was a person who used to be an edgelord back in the day, but I I grew up on 4chan and stuff like that like that in which you know being an edgy internet person was a quote-unquote personality if you will yeah i get that so i used to just i used to get into uh internet fights with people even if i agreed with them just to be contrarian so uh just to go I and think, fuck with people 100 percent. and uh if i have any message for people it's don't do that it's not worth it <laughs> i take it that you've had your share of uh being uh fucked with after fucking with someone it bites you in the ass afterwards, and uh, as, however thing, right? much you mature, people won't uh, won't really give you the validation for that. That's so they'll be like, "Oh, you're you're the person who did that," you know, back in the day. It's like, "Oh yeah, I did it, yeah." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh, I do remember something I was gonna say. Uh, there's a website called TomArayaScream dot com. So if you ever need a pick me up, it's just him doing that. <laughs> Is like, is it his angel of death scream? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it. There should just be, there should be James Hetfield, yeah, as well as a website, so you can play them uh, in tandem. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you, if they did, because you think about E-Bomb's world, you know, back in the day when you can do, like, the whole Schwarzenegger um, yep. soundboard, who is your daddy and what does he do? Uh, I'm Detective John the, Kibble. I'm a cop, you idiot. Did you know of uh, the Timbaland Beasts band, uh, Austrian Death Machine? Of course. It's, a, it's all Arnold quotes and uh, like the little punchlines. I used to listen to Austrian Death Machine. And it, I got turned on to it by a former co-worker of mine. So, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, this is badass. It just hasn't aged well due to Timbaland Beasts as a person. Why is that? Death Machine. Yeah, that that pun wrote itself. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did all right. So, but but hey, it's it worked well. Oh, 100%. And he's the thing is he's not a bad vocalist and he's a great musician. Just uh he let the roids get to him. Once you let the juice get to you or whatever then yeah, good luck. <laughs> hey, good luck. As many will say nowadays, he got lost in the sauce. He got he lost in the juice. So. He, he, well, you can say he has a lot in common with the juice. If that juice is OJ. My God, dude. Uh, I'm, <laughs> let's just do album reviews. Because uh, before I say anything else, that's grown worthy. 
Um, before anything, um, what was it? Last week, uh, if this is, yeah, the 14th, um, Scott Hall, also known as Razor Ramon in wrestling, has passed away. Uh, mm-hmm. just wanted to say, rest in peace, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, uh, you're a Hall of Famer and we'll miss you. R.I.P. R.I.P. Indeed. So. I do have music news that involves a band that was great in the 90s. Have at it. Is coming to Ontario, California. The vocalist name is Durst. Fred Durst. That band is Limp Bizkit. Chocolate Starfish. And they are coming to Ontario, California. Tell you, I believe this, this May with Dying Wish, which is a metallic hardcore band, very uh, at the gates worship, and Scowl, another female-fronted hardcore band, more like Negative Approach or, uh, I guess, just more faster hardcore punk. Right that on. same tour is also playing Madison Square Garden. Add a little bit of MSG to your MSG. Are Limp Bizkit even that big to quantify playing Madison Square Garden anymore? I don't know. But if they're able to sell that whole arena, maybe. But that's know. the thing. I'm I because it's with hardcore bands as their support. Like just a bunch of random well, I, I won't say random because they are bands that I know of which, you know, were people who I was acquainted with in the hardcore scene opening the show. It's it, it's not like them, you know, being opened up or by what who Kid Rock or anything of the equivalents from the nineties. It's hardcore bands. So it's weird that a tour package like that is playing Madison's Square Garden when the main draw is Limp Bizkit and that's it. I don't I don't know how that's going to be well perceived. I don't know that many Limp Bizkit fans. That's 100 that, that's 100% my thing. So, who knows how that will do? I don't know. Would I go and see that tour in Ontario? Possibly. Possibly. It's a AXS uh event. Um ooh, hold on. More info. If it's cheap enough, I'll go. Orgasm UK. That band is pretty good. Let's see. Go to info. Dying Wish, Scowl. And I think Young Garvey or something like that. Let's see, trying to get more info, but so far, let me see. Oh, if if it's I, thirty bucks, so oh. mm, tickets have not gone on sale. It looks like oh, they are on sale now. Let's oh. see, but trying to figure this out. More info. It's kind of hard to get this right directly from like the the website on your phone. So it's not giving me jack shit. It's it's not even letting me click on ooh ticket link or info. It's not letting me do jack crap. This website sucks. I will say I listened to the Limp Bizkit album, the one from was it this current year or this past year? Mm-hmm. I think it's too self aware of itself now. As in like Fred Durst and you know Wes Borland are in on their own joke and notoriety. I can't say and I actually dabble. I can't say I dabbled in it because I didn't. I don't know if it has even, like merit to replay, but it's definitely worth at least one listen. I stick to what I know. <laughs> I will say it's interesting that every band in which they've toured with recently has been female fronted, as if Wes and Fred are trying to do like revisionist history for the events that took place at Woodstock '99. 
which we you know it took place at Woodstock 99 during their set, right? I do not. If I'm not wrong, Woodstock 99. I'm thinking of a little other one. Didn't Metallica play Woodstock 99? It was, was Metallica, Kid Rock, Limp Bizkit. Uh, I'll, I'll just get to the moral of it. Riots, rape, a bunch of overdoses. That's what took place at Woodstock 99. So it's no- notorious, especially during their set in which Fred Durst really instigated the crowd. Interesting. They get the cr- Fred Durst. First gets the, the crowd rolling if she would catch my trip. God damn it. But just the fact that, I mean, what, it's 23 years almost since uh, Woodstock 99? So to, I, I guess that shows growth of a person just... Is it him trying to rectify that, or is it them actually liking the bands that they're taking on tour now? I don't know, but some, a lot of people left with a fat lip last night. <laughs> so many lyrics that can... Uh... You can say he did it, he's doing this for the nookie. Yeah. Just one more fight about your leadership. This time I'm gonna let it all come out. It's my way, my way, the my highway. way. The one re- the one reason why I got into Listen Biscuit for just a couple songs because of WWE using uh, the Undertaker using Rollin' and then they used My Way for Stone Cold versus The Rock at WrestleMania whatever it was with the montage which was I think it was a Dallas show it was a Texas show I remember that. And then now it's, uh, let's see. So. I do have one question, though. Yes. Are you a fan of Red Hot Chili Peppers? Hell yeah, I am. John Frusciante. John Frusciante. Because then I'm going to send you a video that breaks down uh, Danny California, and you'll realize it's a lot more disappointing than you thought. Okay. As in, they take it, it pretty much is uh, uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane by Tom Petty. I okay this sounds weird because I remember hearing on the radio somebody did kind of like a a um, what the hell is it it's pretty much like they took one of Tom Petty's song I think it was Free Fallen or something but they used it to their own song and it has that same melody of Free Fallen and I remember it having airplay and I'm like that's Tom Petty that's not what it's supposed to be so. Oh yeah, they they've done this multiple times apparently. And it wasn't the Chili Peppers; it was somebody else who I don't know. But I'm like, that's free falling. It's okay. Uh, th- three doors down, just have did a uh, crazy train in reverse for Kryptonite. If I go crazy, will you still call me Superman? It's crazy train in reverse. The 90s were a hell of a time in which you can just take songs and just be like, yeah, but what if we did it this way? They, they play on the fifth fret. Let's play the same song on the sixth fret. Nobody will know the difference. Hey, we got a hit. Oh, yeah. It, it's working. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I got a bit of amusing news myself. Uh, all you ah. Michael Shanker fans out there, um, I've got two things for you, especially if you're in the UK, uh, Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland, France, Spain, and Italy. Michael Shanker, this is coming off of Michael Shanker's Facebook. Uh, he wrote this on the 16th. To all rock and roll fans out there, the great Robin McCauley will handle vocal duties on upcoming MS. 
MSG shows starting on the 27th of April this year. Michael Shanker and the band can't wait to see you and everyone live again and rock the stage after such a long time. See you soon. Here is the lineup for the show. Robert McCauley on vocals, Michael Shanker on guitar, uh, Baldo is on drums, Steve Mann is on uh, keys and guitar, and Barrend, uh, I can't repeat that last name. I'm sorry, I don't want to butcher it. Same with Baldo's last name. And uh, that is your uh, lineup for that those European shows. So that kicks off the 27th of April, and it goes on until the 15th of May, where they end in Rome. And then for us U.S. show, U.S. The, this is the 50th anniversary Universal World Tour 2022 to celebrate the latest MSG title album Universal. Um, they will be on tour this fall in the U.S. MSG lineup will be Michael Shanker, lead guitar, Ronnie Romero on vocals, Steve Mann on guitar, Baldo is on drums, and Barrend is on bass. Uh, this tour also has special guest Eric Martin from Mr. Big, um, the voice of Mr. Big, anyway, and a band called Images of Eden. They will kick off the first show uh, in San Juan Capistrano at the Coach House September 27th, and they will play L.A. at the Saban Theater on, uh, it would be the first of... October. Sorry, I blanked out for a bit. Uh, you can go and you can check this out. They have all dates up to the 27th of October. And then they have two other dates with uh, images of Eden, uh, Damon Johnson, and the Get Ready. And then they do a little tour with Wasp and Armor Saint. So go to Michael Shanker Facebook, Instagram, and follow them for more updates. That last word is going to be something now, isn't it? Yeah, Wasp kicks off the 29th of October. It's a Saturday in Anaheim at the, the Grove of Anaheim, which is a sold-out show. So, But it won't have Michael Shanker on that show. They're going to be in Texas two, for with Michael Shanker. Two days before Halloween, too, so you know people are going to be dressing up for that there as well. Yeah, <laughs> just don't expect any raw meat being thrown in the audience. You never know. I, I've, I've seen that at black metal shows, at least. And uh, I, I guess it's raw meat, blood and uh skulls <laughs> that is actually pretty badass i'll tell i'll try to pull up the video from that okay it was uh a, a few bands did that one of which being wu-tang wu-tang no wu-tang wu-tang, wu-tang. yeah is that a play w- on the <laughs> the band uh, the group name no it's a w-a-t-a-i-n okay okay i was just making sure here not Wu-Tang. It's not, it's not the New York rap group with Jizza, Rizza, and ODB. It is, yeah, where's Wu-Tang from? I believe they're European, but I could be wrong. Let's see. I'm going to say they're Norwegian. That's the easiest way to go, especially in regards to black metal. Let's see if I can spell. Why is there a W? Uh, we've got actually... Uh... Swedish. They oh, they're Swedish. Swedish. They're Swedish black metal band. All right, all right. But uh, great band. They're they're they'd be up your alley. Very thrashy. I'll have to More, give them a listen. Uh, another one of those bands I listen to just while getting work done. Also, I'll have to send you that melodic uh, uh, death metal band. Um, I'll send it to you. They were a lo- they're a local band. I don't think they're 
they're together anymore. Friends of mine, they were called Infinite Death. They were a local band. Uh, I'll have to send it to you and you can listen for yourself. That sounds pretty familiar. I'm not sure if I've seen them or if it's just uh, they were on flyers for shows. They were on I've flyers for shows. I mean, they did play Thrasho, uh, Thrasho de Mayo at the Vex one year at the outs- outdoor stage. Um, I remember that show. The Witch Haven played <laughs> showed up to play that show after uh, Speedwolf brought him up. S- Speedwolf was from Detroit. Fueled by Fire played that night. Uh, uh, Morbid Saint played that night. It was a lot of good bands. Didn't go to that, but I remember seeing it. <laughs> it was a packed, packed night and day. It was hot, I'll put it that way. Yeah, new Dark Funeral came out. I, another thing I need to listen to. Yeah, I got to listen to Dark Funeral as well. So, hey, we got a couple things new that we're doing. We're going to be doing album reviews. Uh, some whatever our favorite album is and favorite albums, rather than if either they be new or old or whatnot, we're going to be doing some album reviews and and hopefully after doing some album reviews, you can pick it up and uh, check it out for yourself and let us know what you think of the album so i believe would you like to go first brett sure i'm going to start off with one that's uh not in the realm of metal or even rock i would say this is blade and echo 2k of the drain gang um they are a swedish collective of uh i guess rap and hyper pop uh the best way to describe their album crest that came out last friday is by saying that sounds like a grouping of underwater water mario levels with some very auto-tuned vocals over it uh somewhat reminiscent of like listening to a combination of heaven or las vegas by uh cocktoo twins mixed with as i said mario underwater music uh pitchfork if for any credit gave it an eight out of ten so if that means anything to you um it's very much a turn of the millennium rave culture type of music in which it's a uh, video game esque. It's it's lyrics that are borderline emo at times. Very contemplative. It's how can I really describe this? It's a, a fun listen because you don't really need to take in much. It's very you listen to it and it has a more atmospheric type quality in which what I draw upon shoegaze for and. While the collective Drain Gang is definitely more known for their hip-hop type of musicality with members like Young Sherman, Blade from before, Slow Tie, Young Lean, this is more on that hyper-pop element, which is uh, more like 100 gags and things like that. I definitely recommend it, but... uh. I don't really know what else to say about it. It's uh, not entirely dissimilar from Carly J, Carly Rae Jepsen or anything like that uh, at the same time. And can even be in the same vein as uh, Charlie XCS, which, who just had dropped an album as well. But uh, I'll pass it the baton back to you, Nelson. All right. Thank you for that review. And uh, I hope that everybody that would be interested in check out that band, that album. Okay. So mine is uh, Heavy Crown by Last in Line. Uh, this is uh, Last in Line's first album that came out in 2016. Um, they were formed back in 2012. Uh, Last in Line is pretty much Ronnie James Dio's um, band from 
when they recorded everything up to the Last in Line album. Um, personnel features uh, Vinnie Apice on drums, the late great Jimmy Bain on bass, um, Vivian Campbell, who was also who is part of Def Leppard as well, and was at one point part of Whitesnake, and Andrew Freeman, my buddy, who was also in uh, uh, The Offspring for a bit, and a band called 30, 30 Stones back in New York. Uh, this album is pretty kick-ass i'm not gonna lie to you the first time i listened to the first release uh it was uh devil and me came out in 2015 very slow kind of riffy intro that vivian campbell gives and it kicks off with uh you hear the pounding of Vinny's drums and the blaring vocals of andrew uh eric norlander is also part of this he plays keys on some of this uh, album i think he was on tour i don't remember really recall if he was on the album i think he was he's gonna kill me <laughs> for not knowing <laughs> but um yeah this album alone if you like uh very riffy and very melodic rock you're gonna love this i mean andrew freeman is probably one of those ones that can sing these songs and still have the ronnie james dio feel without being ronnie james dio you know it's uh still they're being their own band yes on when they tour they do do you do hear all the stuff up to, from the beginning of Dio to up to the last in line uh, record. So honestly, I listened to this album over and over on repeat. Track one, Devil and Me. Uh, track two, Martyr has a kick-ass intro to it. Just the ripping beats of uh, Vinny's Apsy's drums. You hear that snare crack. Uh, Star Maker, another very like slow start, kind of very riffy. Uh, Vivian Campbell and uh, Jimmy Bain. Uh, Burn This House Down is another kick kick-ass track i am revolution that one is pretty upbeat so is martyr martyr was a very upbeat song as well blame it on me was a kick-ass song very cool and in flames already dead curse the day curse the day is probably one of my favorites along with orange glow heavy crown the title track that is one of my all funheim favorite tracks on this album um it's got very it's a slow build and then the chorus just punches you right in the face um and then the last song the sickness the guitar solo that vivian campbell kicks off in this song is badass just the riffs alone on the song if you want to check it out check it out or even buy the album i really enjoy there's no bad song on this album i would go and buy it again but i would definitely recommend it um touring wise at certain point it went from um, uh, after Jimmy Bain had passed away, uh, Phil Susan, who was a bassist for uh, Billy Idol, along with, uh, he also co-wrote Shot in the Dark with Ozzy, is on uh, the following Last in Line album. He's the permanent bass player at this point, so uh, they're on the road. Go catch him, Last in Line. So that's my review of the album. So go and check it out. Last in Line, Heavy Crown is also Last in Line 2, and you can check that out as well. I do have uh, another album, if that's okay. It's uh, uh, more in the metal realm, I would say. This is, uh, the album is Act of God by Immolation. It came out on February 18th of this year. And I would say that it is definitely one of the more darker albums by Immolation as of recently. Um, Their last album being Atonement in 2017, which I wasn't overly a fan of. I would say that this definitely has darker 
darker elements. It's more heavy hitting. The tone is amazing. The darker parts, incredibly darker. The parts where it's just very building or, you know, more brooding, if you will. Songs like The Age of No Light definitely take more of a turn that add those elements of crescendos in death metal, as well as just solos that really show the great musicianship. I mean, from the band that did Dawn of Possession in 91, here and after in 96, and especially the classic from 2005, Harnessing Ruin, Acts of God definitely lives up to that. I would say that this has some of the best drumming as well, and it's become one of my death metal favorites for the year, even though the year is still early on. I think that has some of the greatest replay value, great album art, and is just up there with some of the best. I mean, as I said, Immolation are a classic 90s New York band, uh, and I'm always skeptical when classic acts put out a new album, but they keep living up to their legacy. Right on, man. Definitely one worth checking out for sure. Have you heard anything off of it yet? I I have not, but I definitely will. The tone on it alone is just worthy of a praise. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out for sure. Hey, uh, I got one last thing before I wrap it up. Uh, when one more tour, Rob Zombie and Mudvayne embark in a uh, Freaks on Parade tour this summer uh, with Static X and Power Man 5000. They will be in Irvine, California, uh, August 12th at Five Point Amphitheater. Oh, if you're a fan of Rob Zombie, Mudvayne, Power Man 5000, and Static X, go get your tickets. I'd probably see, uh, I- I've seen Rob Zombie with the now uh, canceled for life uh, Marilyn Manson. I-, I would definitely see Mudvayne. Yeah, that'd be cool to see Mudvayne. I always wanted to see, well, I always wanted to see Rob Zombie. Oh, he's, he puts on a great show and he plays a few white zombie songs. 1960. Thunder Kiss, 1965. That's definitely one of them. I plays. One of the greatest riffs. One of my favorite albums from Rob Zombie has to be um, the Sinister Urge. Oh, come on now, that is so. Yeah, I remember buying that album, listening to beginning and end. One because Edge from WWE as his intro uh, as his entrance theme, and it hooked me on Rob Zombie ever since then. From that point on, Rob Zombie, yeah, I'm. I bought that album and I was hooked. Uh, for me, I would say that it was definitely white zombie stuff. And then House of a Thousand Corpses and stuff like that. Finding out that he and his wife are fellow vegans and hillbilly. Just Dragula, Living Dead Girl, Super Beast. Those are just classics. Oh, yeah. And he's got a uh, his take on the Munsters. That's, that Munsters film is coming out and oh. it's a Rob Zombie film. He's very hit or miss, especially uh, Halloween. That's a, a contentious film, especially his take. Yeah, that's for sure. But th- I guess it just depends, really, yeah, on what it is. I mean, it's not not everybody's going to perceive it as well. There's critics everywhere. I mean, everything's not perceived as well. Oh, yeah. I'm. Well, what, what was the last of the Devil's Rejects movie that he did? Uh, Three from Hell. He turned that more into a comedy than it was the previous two. And I felt that that was a good way to, you know, ride off into the sunset with it. I think that's what it would, what it needed. And he was the perfect man to do it. 
I couldn't have said it any other way because I completely agree. Uh, I saw it in theaters and people were so confused that they were laughing at it. And I'm like, I think that's the point of this one. Exactly. It's kind of like, okay, when you're growing up and you're a kid, you watch like movies like Child's Play. You're going to be mm-hmm. freaked the fuck out that a fucking doll is going to come alive and try to kill you in your sleep. As you get older, you watch it. Hey, this is actually very comedic. And then you go into like Child's Play 2 and Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky and you come to find out it's fucking uh, comedy. More, There's more comedy than anything. I definitely agree with that. And uh, I mean, this same could be said for movies like It, where it's uh, scary if you really already find those things to be scary. Yeah, if you're afraid of clowns, of course it's going to be scary. <laughs> I guess I can't really be said for uh, Devil's Rejects or anything because I don't know what would be scary about that or what really gave it the horror element other than being slasher. Yeah, Yeah, I understand that. But I, I don't know. I'm looking. For, I love the monsters. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I love the monsters too. So I'm looking forward to it as well. I've got one more news. Ozzy Osbourne and Sharon Osbourne are reportedly moving back to the UK to to California's high tax rate. They said they'd come back if that gets resolved. But it looks like uh, the Prince of Darkness and his wife are leaving LA and moving back to the UK. So I hope it's not also because of his health, which is. We've been seeing uh, ups and downs lately as well. Probably not. I mean, it is expensive to live in California, let alone L.A., that's true. So he said he's taking his recording studio with him. He owns a plot of land and he's going to build a barn where he's going to put his his own studio. So he'll still be making music and uh, still be having the band over as well. So meaning Zach Wilde's going to have to travel overseas. I hope to see him touring more again. That's my hope. Well, let's see. Let's see how, how that goes. Maybe he'll be just doing, if even if he does a new record and doesn't tour or does like couple shows here and there that would still be pretty cool that's true that's true i've never seen him unfortunately i haven't either i've had every chance to see black sabbath and i was just like oh you know the, the last isn't the last it never is and sure enough I need, I, yeah i need to stop telling myself that whenever i see that happening for me i love ozzy but i really love dio so when i had the chance to see heaven and hell at the metal masters tour in 09 with judas priest testament and motorhead i jumped on that and that was the one and only time i got to see um ronnie james dio in heaven and hell heaven and hell with tony iomi geezer butler and vinnie apice and i'm sure that definitely has more of a lasting value because of it that was one amazing show i remember i went to go see kiss the night before in las vegas at the palms the pearl concert theater and it was the alive 35 tour and then the next day going to see metal masters at glen helen pavilion oh man you're you saw all the greats to when they could when paul stanley still had his voice that was the first kiss show that paul stanley still had his voice that i saw and it was in Las Vegas, General Mission floor, and I was like right there, right over there. In the it, it, so it was General Mission floor. That was like the one time for a Kiss show that I would be General Mission floor. I know that they played Dodger Stadium a few years ago, and I heard that that was a great one as well. 1998, they played Dodger Stadium with the original lineup with Ace Frehley and Peter Chris. Smashing Pumpkins would open that show. That would be the Halloween show of '98. 
Yeah, I, I wish I went that. I was about to be seven or eight. I wish I could have gone to that too. That was the Psycho Circus tour. Kiss and Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Damn. Pumpkins opened up the show. Yep. And that that was E for Smashing Pumpkins too. Mm-hmm. Damn. Living in a different time now, oh, we yeah. have uh, Machine Gun Kelly as the harbinger of rock music. I don't see that at all. Yeah, I, I was being rather facetious. I... <laughs> so, all right, we're gonna wrap things up here. Any last things you like to say, Brutal Brett? I have. Uh, I did it all for the nookie. <laughs> it's going yeah. my way. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! All right, for Brutal Brett and myself, Metalhead Nelson, we are signing off uh go and search up fun never ends podcast on wherever you get your podcasts subscribe listen uh hit us up on facebook and instagram fun never ends podcast go to the website fun never ends podcast.com and uh hit us up drop us a line and uh we'll catch you next time for brutal brett and myself metalhead nelson this is fun never ends podcast we'll catch you next time all right bye Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.